Hello and welcome to the Simplified Organizations show where real moms chat about realistic home and life management. We want to avoid perfectionism, reject overwhelm, and handle housework and all the puzzle pieces of life in a way that builds relationships because our home is a tool and not a showpiece. I'm your host, Misty Winkler. I write and podcast at simplyconvivial.com about homemaking, homeschooling, and doing life cheerfully. I'm also the author of The Convivial Homeschool, Gospel Encouragement for Keeping Your Sanity While Living and Learning Alongside Your Kids. And today I'm joined by Lina Sutherland. Lina is a homeschool mom of eight and host of the Sibling Relationship Lab podcast. She loves to encourage moms in the freedom that they have in Christ, in parenting, and homeschooling. So welcome, Lena. Thank you for joining me. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, so what kind of things do you have on your plate right now? What's life look like? Yeah, so as you mentioned, homeschool mom of eight. We've homeschooled from the beginning, so you know that just kind of grows and evolves and changes over the years. My oldest is a high school junior. So, you know, I started seeing on Facebook, all these posts about there's a lot of local organizations in our area that host graduations in the spring. And so this is the time of year where everyone's saying, you know, make sure to register for graduation if you want to do that. And all of a sudden it was like, next year at this time, we'll be making these graduation plans. And how on earth did this happen? And, you know, and he's just started driving. And anyway, it was, that was like, oh, I thought that I'd cry over like, you know, weaning the last baby from breastfeeding or something like that. Nope. It's like the teenager driving and he's getting ready to, um, to graduate. I mean, it's happy, you know, it's a happy thing. It's exciting. But, um, and then my youngest is four. So I have two in high school, two in middle school, um, one, two, three in elementary school, and then a four-year-old who just kind of tags along and does what he does with everybody else. Um, where we mostly are doing things in-house, um, as a matter of fact, my oldest son, or so my oldest daughter is taking some classes from a local co-op. And I asked, uh, she's a, she's a 10th grader, uh, a sophomore. And I asked my oldest son, you know, do you want to take some classes at this co-op also? And he said, no, because he really preferred the flexibility of, you know, just reporting to mom for everything so that he could, um, he, he has uh, his own business doing lawn care. So he likes to have the flexibility to like do school at night or do school, you know, mm-hmm. whenever he doesn't have a job to do and um, he didn't want classes. So like, okay, that's cool. And yeah, other than that, we're pretty much doing everything in-house, which as you know, is like great for the flexibility, but it also means kind of like everything's on mom. So yeah, that's a pretty good description of where we are right now. And yeah. everybody's like in the house, using the house pretty all much day. all day, every day. Yeah. 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 And that's a lot of details to manage, you know, just the every all the things that everyone needs to be yeah. doing and they yeah. often don't do them unless, you know, mom's actually paying yeah. attention and making sure that they're happening. <laughs> this is true. Yes. So with eight kids homeschooling, I, I'm going to guess that you're familiar with feeling overwhelmed. <laughs> no, I've never. Yes. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's, um, you know, that's one of the things that I hear most often from moms. And, you know, I think it really doesn't require having eight children or six children or four children or any number of children, because I think overwhelm just kicks in whenever you're stretched a little bit beyond 
you know, what, what you've already got a handle on, right. Um, or maybe like stretched a little bit beyond, beyond what you have a handle on. It just feels like the stretch is too big. The the Mm -hmm. growth curve is a little too high or too fast at the moment. And I think, you know, one of the things that I've realized about myself, um, and I'm sure may be true for other moms is that a lot of times the source of the overwhelm really is internal. And I don't mean that like, there's really nothing to do in my home. Like there's always things that need work, but you know, when I start to realize like, Oh, I'm panicking about this and I've got this and I've got this. And I step back and I say like, where's the deadline? Like, who is it that's standing over me disappointed and frustrated that these things aren't done? Mm, There isn't anyone, you know, like my husband, of course, he likes the house to be tidy and functional, just like anyone would, but he's not a you know, Hey, why didn't this get done? Why aren't you working on that project? Um, you know, so like who, who is disappointed with me? Like no one really. And usually the kids, you know, they're not, they're not aware. Occasionally there's something where it's like, mom, I needed you to get me this dress for this thing I have to go to, or mom, you know, I'm all out of graph paper. Where's the graph paper. But for the most part, like all the things that are weighing on me are 100% from like here, I'm the one going, it is unacceptable that the cabinet under the bathroom sink has been this way for this long. Like, I can't believe we're living this way, right? No one else cares. At all. Right. No one else um, noticed. Right. Like for my husband, he wants surfaces clear. He doesn't want kids to come in and dump their stuff, but there could be things growing in the bathroom toilet and he just would not face him. So, and that's not to say that, you know, that I'm being like irrational or that the things I'm concerned about don't matter or that, the overwhelm is just a figment of my imagination or something. I mean, I think it really is as moms, we have so many different kind of things going at one time, you know? So it's not like we say, well, nine to five, I just have this one task that I work on from, from nine to five. And I just, you know, at nine o'clock, I put my head down. I work on that task straight until five o'clock and then I clock out and, you know, however much progress I make, you know, I think we have all these, okay, well, you know, should I stop and do some laundry or should I keep on, you know, working on this, um, you know, this other project that I've got here, should I, you know, take some time out to do some kind of bigger project that has been waiting for a while. And, and essentially so much rests on us in terms of like, even just determining what the priorities are and what, what we should be doing. And, um, the, even I think like the decision fatigue of, Mm -hmm. of needing to be the one in charge of a lot of these things and making decisions about, um, it, like, I feel like in my home, it's constantly troubleshooting. So, you know, it's not that my kids don't need to grow in character and maturity and that kind of thing. But I feel like often when there's a problem spot in the home, it's really like, okay, we need a better system because sure in a perfect world with exceptionally dedicated um, and responsible children, they would make this system work, even though it's kind of clunky, but given that we're not in a perfect world, um, we need a more functional system. Like if, if it's hard to get to the place where the shoes and the coats go, the shoes and the coats wind up on the floor in front of the door, mm-hmm. you know? So like, again, could they make it work? Could they do it anyway? Yes, they could. But, you know, <laughs> I could spend all day telling them like how irresponsible they are, or we could just find a better system that was easier to keep up with as we go. So, mm-hmm. you know, and, and just, that's not really on anyone's radar except mine. I'm the only one kind of going, okay, this needs troubleshooting. And that, 
you know, that needs some attention and we need a better system for this. And like, I don't think anybody else in the home lays awake at night going, what size container would be the best you know, thing to put on this laundry room shelf so that we can store these towels efficiently, or, you know, or whatever. Um, so, yeah. And I think, you know, I was thinking about this as I was getting ready to come chat with you this evening. In a lot of ways, I feel like the overwhelm is sort of parallel to like a body image thing, right? So I think I spent a lot of time feeling like, okay, I won't be overwhelmed anymore once my house gets to this point or once I come up with a better schedule or a better routine, um, just kind of like we might look in the mirror and go, oh, I don't really feel comfortable with how I look. But once I get to this weight and this size clothing, then I can be happy with how I look and feel comfortable going out with my friends and enjoying, you know, date night with my husband. And I think one of the blessings of, you know, passing 40 and beyond is you kind of realize like, you know, most personal growth, most long-term personal growth does not start from a place of just disgust with yourself and shame and discouragement that, you know, that can make short-term progress, like the progress that we make the first two weeks of January every year, but for long-term progress, for real growth, the kind of, you know, organic internal slow growth that works its way outward, it usually has to come from a place of peace and comfort that doesn't exclude, you know, realizing that there's progress that can be made, but like, you know, after you have a baby, you go back and you put your jeans on and they don't fit and you don't really want to buy new jeans because gosh, it would be nice to not have to buy a pair of jeans that you're only going to wear for hopefully a few weeks. But, you know, it's, it's so discouraging and disheartening to like, feel like you're sausaged into your clothes and it, it, you know, just kind of, you start every morning, like just feeling yucky about yourself. And I've always found that I did much better in making good choices and, you know, keeping up with my routines if I just felt comfortable in my own body. So yeah, that might mean that I have to kind of give in and buy the larger pants or whatever, but that, you know, when I start from that place of kind of peace and rest, it doesn't like reduce the motivation to go forward and, and, you know, improve and, and grow it gives me a, a more of a solid foundation to do that. And so I think the same thing is true with, you know, stuff in your house. If your mindset is always like, well, you know, in order to conquer this overwhelm, I have to have all my ducks in a row. And until my ducks are in a row, I'm just going to be overwhelmed. You know, I think it, it, sometimes we expect that sanctification will look like everything outside of us getting in order. Like, okay, as I grow in self-discipline, then like I should be skinnier because I should be like working out all the time and always making the right choices. My house should be neater because I'm going to train the children perfectly and they're all going to do all the things they're supposed to do all the time, right? And then you kind of realize, you know, I think for me, sanctification is looking more like just not, not complacency, but like, you know what? We can, it's okay. It's okay. Yes, I'd like it to get better. Not going to stop working on that. But like, you know, nothing is on fire. Everyone is surviving. Everyone is fed. No one is upset with me except me. You know, like, okay, we can breathe. We can be at peace and happy where we are. And then we can go from there. Yeah. Oh, that's such a good, I'm sure that everyone relates. I relate to that very much. (laughs) Yeah. And I think, you know, like I said before, it doesn't, really, it's not dependent on how many children you have. 
I remember really clearly one time a friend had just had her first baby and we were both standing in the back of the church with babies that were a little too noisy or, you know, somebody who needed to nurse or something like that. And, um, and she started to say, I just, I feel so tired and I'm so overwhelmed. And then it was like, she stopped herself and said, oh, but I mean, I, you know, I'm sure it's nothing like, you know, however many kids I had at the time, five kids or six kids. And I was like, yeah, I mean, overwhelm is kind of a pretty universal thing because we're all in the process of growing. Like every, we are all facing something that's a little harder than we already knew how to deal with. So, you know, it, neither is it exclusive to new moms, nor is it exclusive to moms with lots of kids. It's just everybody's growing. So everybody's feeling some growing pains now and then or mm-hmm. all the time. Well, and thinking about it in those terms just kind of shifts your mindset, which I think is so helpful to recognize that this is just like a side effect of growth, which can help me breathe and take the next step instead of thinking, if I were more put together, if everything was going my way, then I wouldn't feel that way. And so start looking for basically how to make everything go my way. So I'm not overwhelmed anymore. Yeah. 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 I think too, it's easy to, um, you know, if we're dependent on that, you know, like, well, if all the dishes were done every night and if the, you know, whatever it is in your mind that you're thinking like, these are the things that are making me overwhelmed. If we, if we make the external circumstance, the requirement for being able to feel peace in our own home, um, that really can lead to, you know, you were saying in your intro, we're not going for perfection. This is the place for relationships. And that kind of panicky overwhelm can really destroy relationships, right? Because then you feel like, well, who is it that's preventing me from having happiness? Well, it's my children who don't put their shoes and their coats away when they come home. It's my husband who, you know, we can always imagine 15 more things we wish our husbands would do around the house or that they could chip in on or whatever. And I'm not, I'm not saying there's no point in having conversations about how everybody can shift their, whatever they're doing to be helpful or coordinate schedules or whatever. But whenever we feel any kind of negative feelings or, or, stress or anxiety or whatever, it's pretty natural to kind of look for a place to dump those feelings. Mm-hmm. And so if we don't have the tools or the, or the mindset to kind of start by looking, you know, like how, in what ways am I kind of adding stress to myself? Yeah. Then we're naturally going to look at, you know, the, the easiest targets close by, which are our family members, the people we live with. And, you know, if you want to find fault in someone that you live with, you will. It's not hard, right? Because just like us, everybody that we live with is a sinner. They're not perfect. They make mistakes, but you know, it's pretty, uh, it's pretty uncomfortable to live with someone who is constantly trying to find fault with you, you know, because you're, you're not perfect. So anyway, yeah, it's too easy to slip into like, oh, well, since the state of the house is what is going to help me to feel okay. And since I can see things that people around me could be doing, but they aren't, Therefore, it's all their fault that I feel so stressed out and overwhelmed. Yeah. Yeah. Blame shifting doesn't doesn't help. And those people are exactly mm-hmm. where you experience happiness, you know, with them. It's yeah. if you imagine life without them, it's like, well, you could have a cleaner house or, you know, you could have these people. And which one? Right, right. Yeah. And I mean, theoretically, all of these things that you feel like you need to take care of are for them. Like, Mm -hmm. why does it matter if the underneath of the bathroom sink is organized? Well, theoretically, it's so that people can find what they need and 
You know, you don't buy three of the same face washes because you didn't know you already had two in the back of the cabinet. Like it's for the people in the home that you're doing these things. But we sometimes get, you know, where the tasks become the thing instead Mm -hmm. of the purpose for the task being the thing that we're focused on. Yeah, that's so true. that's it for this episode of the Simplified Organization Podcast, but be sure to come back for part two, where Lena continues her insight about overcoming overwhelm and where we also talk about organization tips and insights for managing all the stuff that comes with homeschooling and family life. Overwhelm is normal and natural, but we don't have to give into it when it hits. If you're struggling with overwhelm, know that you are not alone and also that you don't have to live in perpetual overwhelm either. I have a free workshop all about handling overwhelm that I'd love to share with you. Just go to answeroverwhelm.com to get instant access to the free workshop. That's answeroverwhelm, all one word, dot com. Until next week, repent, rejoice, repeat. Repeat.